Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and What's going on, listeners and everyone tuning in? We have the electrifying 125 from Averett University, Sam Braswell, joining the show today. We are very excited how he just wrapped up an incredible career for the Cougars and most recently just took second at U23's Greco World Team Trials. So, uh, Braswell, thank you for joining the show and uh, congrats on a great weekend. Let's let's start there. Thank you for having me, first off. But, uh, I mean, the weekend was cool. Like, I'm kind of taking time to reflect on it now because, like, when you're when you're in those situations, you really don't process it all. So I'm still trying to process uh, almost making a world team. But, like, again, uh, j- just getting outright beaten, you know, just uh, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience going out there for hopefully not my last time because I'm not sure on my date of birth or anything right now if I can compete next year because I'm only 22. Um, I still have to figure that all out, but it was pretty cool. Uh, like going out there with the guys, going out there with my coach, Connor Carwaff. He, it was actually his last weekend coaching us. So now he's at Louisiana. So it was, I honestly went more for to, to have fun and like last laughs instead of just going out there to compete. Obviously I want to compete, you know, but like it was more of like a brotherhood thing than going to, to win it all, you know? Yeah. Do you, uh, I guess we can go a few different directions. Do you think, um, we'll start with, do you think that mindset of it being like light and just having fun helped you perform pretty well out there? Yeah, 100%. So like it's off season competition is definitely different than in season, you know, like in season, it's so I got to win. I got to score points. I got to do this. I got to do that. And off season is way more of a like, laissez-faire, laissez-faire vibe to where it's like, okay, I'm going to, obviously I want to win. I'm going to go out here and perform as much as I, I possibly can. But at the same time, if I lose, I learn something for the season, you know? So like it not being so strict, I definitely made it more, made me more loose and just going out there to have some fun, score some points. Yeah. That's a great mindset. And honestly, uh, a lot of uh, wrestlers tuning in or coaches, you know, it's something that you should take to the folk style season too, because I think the pressure and, and sometimes um, that weighs down on, on you, you know? So I think that's well, a big factor. And more, and I think it's more mentally than, than physically at points. Like, uh, like there's points in my career where I felt like I had a lot of pressure on me. And I think that this year with it being my fifth year, like I didn't, I didn't worry about any of that. I just worried about just wrestling, you know, just like, enjoying the last final moments of wrestling that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And I didn't really put that much pressure on myself or my, my team didn't either. They just wanted us to perform to the max ability that we know we can. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And to kind of uh, stay on this uh, performance from this past weekend, 
you know, anyone that's watched you wrestle, you're very explosive on your feet. You love attacking the neutral position, but you like, you like to attack the legs and Greco, you can't touch the legs. So do you have a lot of Greco experience? And, um, and to kind of twofold that, where do you think, uh, this goes for you do you think you will continue to compete greco moving forward yeah so um i actually i've been to every u23 since i possibly can because blake would make me and <laughs> so like yeah blake would literally make me be like yeah that's where you're going I'm like, all right but it's like i really don't train a lot of greco you know like and i think that's part of the reason i think that's part of the reason i've gotten so far but i've think that's part of the reason why it's kind of holding me back in the Greco in the Greco scene because what I learned this weekend was refs they like to they like to go into they want you to be into the tie all the time and Greco ties got Greco throws to where I'm more outside bouncing I'm trying to get an angle on the side or I'm trying to duck you know like and and for that I get put down a lot because I'm out in the open Mm-hmm. And my part and my parterre is god awful, you know. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Like it took it took me some time to get good at my folk style bottom, so it's gonna take me some time to get good at the Greco. Uh, I mean, it's gotten better over the years, but it's still not where it needs to be, and it's not obviously not on a on a uh, on a national team level. And so, I think this weekend definitely opened up my eyes to where it's like, okay, if my folk style career is over. Freestyle, the pool is so deep. You know, like the pool is so deep, the talent so deep, and it, those guys are more talented than I am. And it's, it's like, once I feel like I put my time and effort into straight Greco, I think I definitely can, I can be back to where I wasn't even further because before the um before the tournament U twenty threes, I I literally practiced only like two, two like two days, like two or three days, wow. and then I came out there and competed. You know, like. And my last workout before then was um was actually at the last chance qualifier. So like I, I it was really just all right, time to lace up the shoes and just go try to win as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So you definitely have a high ceiling and it, it just seems like you need to learn the game more, you know, like yes, being 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 in Greco, yeah, you have to be in the ties, you have to be connected. And uh I'll tell you what, man, those Greco-Roman gut wrenches are a different feel. Like yeah. Once they lock it up, like they find a spot on your ribs, whew, it, it's tough. You know, I, I compete a little bit Greco too, so I know the feeling. So, but that's that's very impressive showing, and uh, we hope to see you back on the mat still competing, man. You, you got, I think you got a lot left in you. Yeah, I think I do too, but I think at the same time, I don't know. I, I know for the rest of my life, I'll always be like be in wrestling. Like I'll always be touching the mat. I'll always be practicing something like that. But like sometimes it's nice just to step away and realize how much you the passion you have for it and how much you, you like it. That way it makes you go harder. You know what I'm saying? Like this is I'm on my first vacation since I started college. Yeah. You know, because I was always training. This is literally my first vacation since I started college. So like I'm kind of getting that step back now to where I'm like, okay, now I'm really passionate about it, this and that. And I'm going to be in it a couple more years. So it's like I do definitely think I'm going to keep wrestling, but um, I don't I don't know if I if I'm on that I'm trying to make an Olympic team, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how big my aspirations are. It honestly comes spur of the moment. Yeah, well, we'll kind of we'll kind of uh, kind of lead off of that that answer because 
Uh, I believe the Averett coaching staff put a, t- a tweet out about some coaching staff changes at Averett. Wasn't very uh, a hidden message. We, I kind of got the vibe that you and Woody most likely are joining the coaching staff starting next month. Is that is that correct? I don't know anything for sure, but I just know there's big news coming soon. All right, all right. So if you have to keep it confidential, but do you be, you'll be in a coach's corner. That that's where you feel like your next chapter is going to take you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I definitely um, would love to to build up a lot of young kids uh, that that have that are going through those college those college phases where things get hard and where they feel like they're down and out, you know, like and I think wrestling helps that a lot in college. But like I would love to do it anywhere. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, obviously, this is a podcast run by two coaches, so we know the profession pretty well and. It's a, yeah. good prof- it's a good profession to get in. You're, you'll enjoy it. And like you said, it's a great way to stay connected with the sport, be in the practice room still, and, uh, you know, kind of shape the future using the sport of wrestling. So um, I, think, I think you're making a good decision. But, um, but why, why don't you go ahead, G? Why don't you talk about the early days at Averett? Obviously, you were there from the ground up, so I know G wants to dive into that a little bit. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, uh, you know, before we move forward uh, – I, you know, I think you're going to be a really good coach and, um, you know, people always ask, you know, why you do coaching, you know, it's a lot of hours, a lot of commitment, you know, you'll see, I mean, you had a lot of success. So winning feels good, but, you know, as a coach, I feel like there's no greater feeling than seeing your student athletes or athletes in general achieve their goals. It's a great, great feeling. And, you know, once you get in that vibe of coaching and you, you see it and, you know, the work you put in and them achieving stuff, there's no better feeling. And I think, you know, once you wrap up your competition career, there's no closer thing to competition than being a coach. It's, you know, keeps you, keeps your blood flowing kind of, you know? So uh, uh, I think you're going to do really good and, you know, I wish nothing but the best there, but, you know, kind of moving more on the athletic side. And so you're originally from Florida, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, I was born here. I was born in Daytona. Okay. So Averett, isn't around the block from Florida. No, um, sir. So how did that come about? And, you know, kind of like when people are getting recruiting, they kind of like take a step back and like, oh, it's a first year program. I don't know if I want to go there. Nothing sustained. You know, what really drew your eye there and how did you end up there? So, yeah, like you said, Ava's not around the block, but like I I'm a military brat, so I don't move any and everywhere. I don't lived in Germany. I, don't, I started wrestling I, from Germany. I moved to Wisconsin. I started wrestling in Wisconsin. And then, uh, then the next year after like my second year wrestling, I moved to uh, Richmond, Virginia. I went to Matoka high school where Blake okay. went to. And so okay. that's where I met Brandon. Me and Brandon were practice partners all throughout high school. Uh, Blake used to come back and run some camps when he used to wrestle at George Mason. And so it kind of just, happened naturally when um when Blake just started coaching you know because me and Blake we always got along we always had uh we always seen things eye to eye when we did it we talked about it and we understood where each other were coming from and then we moved forward from it like that was our relationship from the get-go and so just just having that trust with Blake coming into college because I'm pretty much about to start my life is one of the biggest decisions I'm going to make at 17 years old. Right. And for me, for me, it wasn't about like for most guys, 
it wasn't about like the clout or the social media or you know what I'm saying like going deep one or anything like that. It was about me reaching my fullest potential physically, mentally, and spiritually, you know, like, and so I felt that Blake would help me reach that through tough love because I was a knucklehead at the time, you know, and I knew he would always keep me accountable to whereas if I will go to a different program, I'm off the team, you know, and then my right. life is spiral. And it honestly, it literally happened day one, our first team meeting, I got kicked out of the, the team meeting because I was in the back of sleep. So like, yeah. <laughs> and so, so like your very first team meeting, my uh, very, the first favorite wrestling team meeting ever inaugural team meeting, you know, like, so I got kicked out. I almost got kicked off the team, uh, blase, blase, but like, yeah, I just knew I, I, I couldn't go to a big school, too many distractions. I just know myself. Um, and I just wanted to perform the best at wrestling, you know, and I just felt like Averett was was it for me. They they had Blake there, they had Tommy. And then once once uh I said I'm going to Averett, Brandis came to Averett. I had a great practice partner in Kaz Goatee. It was just a good fit. And then we just started putting all the pieces to the puzzle. That's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, that's a great story there. Yeah, so Blake wasn't the head coach when you got – he was just assistant still at the time? Yeah, he, he was the assistant. So he was – he was the uh, – he was like the buddy-buddy. So when I'm when I'm mad at coach or coach is mad at me, he he making the amends. And so okay. that was actually – that was actually a hard – that was a hard transition when Blake became the head coach because yeah. – because Tommy, Tommy, uh, Tommy resigned, and Blake was already gone to to Cortland. Right, I remember that. I was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it and wild. it all happened within a week. So I lost my head coach. I lost my assistant coach, and then the next week they hired Blake back as the head coach. And so when school came back around, I thought our relationship would be the same. But he's like, "Bro, I can't. Well, I'm the head honcho now. You know what I'm saying? Like what I say right. goes. This that, whatever, whatever." And then. I actually got suspended. I got suspended because I missed, like, I want to say a hill run on a Friday. And I was, uh, I had, like, weekend plans. I got suspended for a week. Uh, yeah, Blake, honestly, Blake has just had my bag through thick and thin. Like, and I yeah. had his. This held you accountable and, you know, obviously did a great job molding you into, you know, a great. I know you, I know you probably fell short of your goals of being a national champ, but I mean, yeah, you know, you had to step. Yeah, it happens, man. You you competed as hard as anyone. So when you compete that hard and you do the best you can, you really can't hold your head, you know, yes, down. Sir. Like, um, so that's really cool. So, you know, the early days with the program, you know, actually, you know, uh, we actually competed against you guys mm -hmm. at Virginia Beach Duels, and it was a crazy duel. I don't, I don't even remember. know if you were sick to my stomach. You remember? <laughs> you you remember? Yeah. I remember. It. We we lost we lost a heavyweight. Yeah, it came down to we the lost. last match. It was a back and forth duel. Yeah, I think crazy. we ended up winning like twenty-one twenty or something, and then we ended up a point to uh, this day. <laughs> it was a crazy duel. Blake was going crazy. He's throwing challenge bricks everywhere. It was a great match, and uh, <laughs> we ended up uh, taking third there. And I, I don't know if, if they did another placement round or not, but I, I remember because I think that was only your second year. Maybe it was your third. I'm not positive. I want to. I want to say it was. No, that was. Were you uh, were you a sophomore or junior that year? 
I want to say that was my junior year. Is that when Trent wrestled? When, when yeah, Trent, Trent yeah. wrestled against our – yeah. That was my junior year. Okay, so – so and you were there for the program beginning, so that was year three technically then? Yes, sir. Okay. But still, you know, early on uh, for a program like you got – I mean, I remember watching you guys at regionals and stuff when even when Tommy was there. And I was, you know, really impressed. You guys kind of exploded onto the scene and had a lot of talent. Um, I remember – I can't remember the kid's name. I think he was like a 57-pounder or 65. And he didn't finish at Avery, but he was good too because I think he made nationals that year too. It was you, Woody, and him, right? Low, yeah. That, w- that was – and that's when I think things started changing because once we – once we uh, – okay, now we got – we got national qualifiers. You you gotta you gotta wait off your shoulder, you know. Yeah. And then in Roanoke, we all went zero and six. Terrible performances, like awful. And so the next year coming back, you know, what I'm saying you got more motivation. You already know you can make nationals now. What can you do next? Right. You know, like taking those taking baby steps. You know, just turtle in the hair. Definitely. And then you know, with the regionals performance, and then obviously I remember that duel. You know, and then obviously you know we duel. Uh, duelled you guys this year and just seeing the growth of of your program and like you know the belief of your coaching staff and your guys I mean you guys probably all thought you guys could have made nationals like just watching you guys compete obviously you know you fell a little short of that you know regionals is always a grinder tough tournament um I think you guys finished third this year yep so so that that's your highest finish ever if if I'm understanding uh third for third place finish at regional. So you can see, like you said, baby steps, but you guys are getting there for sure. You know, obviously losing, you know, some studs like yourself and the senior class you guys had, um, you guys are building something special and, you know, you're recruiting well, the roster's big, you know, big things are coming. So uh, if you can just kind of talk on that, where do you see the program kind of going? Oh yeah. So like the program right now, to me, is it like a, it's it's in a weird stage, right? Because you got you got the the guys you started off with, like your your literal first your first hammers, and they just graduated. So now you got a new cream of the crop, right? Mm-hmm. So so we got a lot of rising sophomores that have been been grinding all summer. Like I've I've seen it with my own eyes. Been grinding all summer and. Now it's time to take them from the level that they're at and try to propel them to a high level of wrestling. But while, but all the while you got to bring in the new freshman, you know? Right. So it's kind of like, you gotta, you gotta develop the kids who, who want to develop and are putting in the work to develop, but you got to beat up on these, these younger kids and the oldest guys we have now besides, um, Alex and Gabe, the oldest guy we have, I want to say, is a junior. So we really got a young team, and they you still, got, yeah. So you guys got some, you know, some some senior like upperclassmen leadership, but it's a pretty young core that you're gonna have to develop, and you know, yes, kind of get these guys on board, and you know, kind of get that standard back up there. But you know, I, you know, I have a lot of faith, you know, in the program. Me and Blake are pretty good friends. We talk a lot. You know, I, I think he'll do a great job there. Um, but kind of speaking on yourself, as you, you know, kind of wrapped, where do you see yourself as a, like, how do you see yourself as a coach? I think, I mean, see, it's, it's one of those things. It's kind of like parenting. Like, you don't really know how you're going to be until you're in that situation. Yeah. I right. 
yeah, I've coached my teammates, but like I've done it as a teammate, you know, mm-hmm. I've done it out of like, I can really talk to you any type of way I want to as a teammate. And as a coach, you have to find out the niches in every, in every kid, how to motivate them, what to, what to say to them before a match, what not to say to them, you know, like what pushes their buttons. So I think me as a person, I'm, I'm usually laid back until it's time to compete. So I think I'm going to be a really laid back coach until like, I, I'm one of those coaches. I can't stand when everybody in the practice room is doing something completely wrong and it's just laziness, you know, like I'm all right. just correctness, forming good habits, because if it's not a good habit, it's a bad habit, you know? Right. So like, I think I'm going to be stern in that with, with a lot of things, but I definitely am going to be more like laissez-faire off the mat. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it yet. I haven't found it. No, I mean, that's fair. I think you bring up good points. You really don't know until like you're in that situation, you know, it's yeah. with coaching there's besides the athlete part, I mean, you're going to, you know, probably get questions about social life. You're going to get questions about, you know, academic stuff. It's like a whole new world. So, but uh, no, I think you, I think you kind of hit it on the head of, you know, where you want to see yourself as a coach and, you know, we're looking forward to see you, you know, wherever that, that is at in the corner. And I think you're going to do a great job. Yes, sir. Yeah. Coaching staffs will be lucky to have a, you know, lightweight hammer like yourself uh, in the corner and in the practice room. It's, it's a big deal. Um, and, uh, kind of getting back to more about your, your path and your journey, just curious, uh, what weight class did you compete at in high school, your senior year and was, and then kind of twofold to that, was it tough to get up to 125 your first few years at, at Averett? Okay. Uh, so I, I, my senior year, I was 113 and, and I was like, because that was just a weight class because I won 106 the year before and there was a 113 pounder uh a state champion Theo Thaxton at 113 so like I'm like there's no point in me going back down to 106 because I got to build up to 125 in high school and I've never been the type of person to run from somebody so I'm going to 113 I want to see what the best you know what I'm saying I want to wrestle the best of the best so I went 113 that year and I ended up placing third at states um, and then the first, the first year, it kind of was difficult. It kind of was difficult. I would weigh in around like one, probably like there'd be times I weigh in one eighteen, one nineteen. Wow. Like I, I never, never had to cut weight. I just missed the meal. Great. And I think, I think for me, that was good because I never worried about having to go do extra workouts, having to cut this weight not eating this meal I just focused on wrestling and get better so when I did go get an extra workout and I wanted to go do it you know when I when I did it when I did go eat I could do it it was it all just like was a good situation for me and um even this year like we end up working out every day two times two times a day like my weight's down by the time the season comes um the highest I ever been was last off season I was 137 I was 137 and then uh, I usually, but I was, I was really, I was lifting heavy and all that. Um, but I usually stay around 130, a solid 130. So the cut's not bad. I just eat a little cleaner, drink more water. I'm on weight. Yeah. Wow. That that's amazing. And uh, so do you think, but so you think after like your, your, let's say your sophomore year, you feel like you've 
you kind of like grew in the 125 pretty good. Like it took you like a couple of years. Yeah, it de- it definitely was it definitely was my junior year because you can see it and you can see the difference from my freshman and my sophomore year to my junior year because of just one my bottom because my bottom was god awful and two guys weren't holding me down as easily because I had a little bulk on me mm-hmm. you know like me being me being five one probably probably like five foot when I first entered college and weighing 123 pounds soaking wet guys can hold me down I'm and I have a small frame they can tight waist me throw throw bars all that so like I definitely had to eat and I had to lift to get just that natural strength under me. And I would say my sophomore year is definitely when, when guys started looking out 100% guys were like, okay, like this kid's, this kid's strong. This, you know, I wasn't, I think my junior year is when guys were like, this is going to be a tough match to where it's like, okay, all I have to do is take them down. Cause yeah. that's really, yeah. That's really all you had to do my freshman sophomore year. You take me down, turn me once, the match is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, kind of going with that uh, that junior season, kind of like you had re- the results, like the results were getting better and better, but really your junior year, um, obviously you were, you were seated. Oh, no, you weren't seated. That was in 2020. But your junior year, um, I'm, I'm getting the years all mixed up. Well, your junior year, was that the year you were seated? It's the COVID year. But the yeah, COVID it- year is messing me up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you were yeah, correct. Did like six going into the national tournament, and um, and that was the COVID year. That was the year they canceled it. Yeah, right? canceled it when everybody was warming up the day before. So right, right. less than twenty four hours out, got canceled. Then I believe whoever made nationals that year, you were either first team, second team, or third team All American. Right. right. So you, you technically got your first, your first all American honor that year because you were seated. But, uh, I want to go back to, um, when, in my, in my opinion, your breakthrough performance was at the new standard invitational winning that tournament. And that kind of really put you on the scene. You knocked off some really highly ranked guys. Uh, you know, Stevens, we always go to that event. So I, I got to see it firsthand and, uh, you're wrestling the Brockport kid. Um, Kakamis. Yeah. Kakamis. And that from from my opinion, that puts you on the map. And and now it's like, all right, this kid is uh all American national title contender. Do, do you think that when what was yours, or do you have something else in you in your head that's like, hey, like I'm here, I belong? So so Kakamis beat me at nationals in Roanoke in Virginia the year before. I'm I'm talking about dog me, like. So the first the first match I go out there, I get pinned fright, you know what I'm saying, stage fright. I'm in front of a home crowd. My high school team's here, you know, like just I just didn't perform. I choked. Got pinned my first match. And then just I wasn't mentally up here. I wasn't I wasn't like, oh, I, I can wrestle back, this and that. It was just like if if I'm not winning, why why be here? So I just really just let Kakamis ragdoll me out there because at that point I didn't think I should be on that stage. I didn't think I could All-American, you know, like as a sophomore. And so coming into junior year, I knew I knew he was going to be there. And Blake just in my ear every day, you know, like we know we all know how Blake is just. Yeah. So, yeah. And so for me, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even about going out there to like I'm just vengeful. 
like I just I'm just so competitive. I hate losing twice. Like, okay, you can beat me once, but losing twice, now that means you're truly better than me. So I just I'm just I was just too vengeful for it. So I just went out there and just literally threw the kitchen table at him. Just threw it at him. And then I I noticed by the third period, he couldn't keep up with my pace. And so I just kept going. And then by the end of the match, I, I want to say I won by two points at the end of the match. And then, like you said, that's when it flipped the script for me. And it wasn't about the recognition for me. It was more of, okay, now I finally found my style of wrestling that will work at a high level. Because that was my second year working with IB, Ibrahim Badunka, my old assistant coach. Um, and he was trying to instill to me hand fighting because I was just so flashy at the time. Yeah, you can hit the flashes once or twice, but you got to beat up on a guy. You got to wear him down. You know what I'm saying? You got to add some more stuff to your arsenal. Mm-hmm. So I think that match showed showed me, okay, I got a hand fight. I got to beat him up a little bit. And then I got to score. I got to score quick. And I got to, you know what I'm saying? I just got to, I just got to do what I do. And so after that match, that's when I kind of developed my style of wrestling. And I think that's what put me on the map more than what anybody can write about. Anybody can rank anything, you know, like just me finding myself. Yeah, no, that's really, that's really well said, man. And that's awesome because like I said, from there moving forward, it really shows um, you didn't really lose too much at 125 moving forward after that. Um, and then, you know, obviously you kind of, you got your second All-American honor at the NWCA Nationals with a third place finish, only yes, one, only one loss, um, which I know you had circled uh, for this national tournament, which we'll get to, but, you know, coming into this year, uh, you know, your national title contender, and uh, I'll tell you what, you know, you know, I was on those rankings calls, um, you know, for the NWCA committee and 125, we always started the call at 125. Um, and it was the hardest weight class to rank because it was so tough. It was, mm-hmm. such a t- it was such a tough weight class. So coming into this year, did you realize that? Uh, and obviously, and then there were some new guys that came to the fold too, but obviously the, the national champ, the cater transferring in. Um, mm-hmm. So what did you think of your weight class this year? I mean, it was, it was cool. Like, I mean, it was, it was 125, you know, like just, just going out there to wrestle, you know, it was it was a tough weight class, but like at the same time, I just felt like I was I was the best, you know. Like I just the the results didn't turn out that way. Obviously, what I thought is is not what it is, but I, I just went out there to handle business. Guys, guys are tough. Everybody wrestles different. You just got to make those mid match adjustments to win, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be honest, it was. It- you know, that those quarterfinals at 125 were very tough. I mean, you wrestled uh-huh. the Wabash College Champagne, who was actually an All-American in your bracket back in 2019. So that was a very tough quarterfinal draw. And, you know, you you went for it. You had that body lock. Um, it came down to a takedown. And then that guy was in the national finals. Yeah. Um, you know, so on your half of the bracket, you had the national runner-up. Then you wrestled the third-place guy as well um, in the in the bronze medal match. And then you finished fourth. So, um it was, it was a great, it was a great weight class, uh, you know, highly contested all year, but, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you definitely had some, uh, some sweet memories with that consolation semifinal match, um, oh, yeah. from going back to a year before, um, with Kiner from Warburg. So you kind of touched on a little bit of being vengeful and, and competitive. Um, so what, what were your emotions going into that match? Oh, uh, 
it was oh that that was a roller coaster of a weekend. So everything's like a, just a domino effect. I'm sorry, I got a story behind everything. No, that's fine. That's all right. That's why we do the podcast. Word. But uh, so like you said, I lost to I lost to Carlos, and Carlos is a cool guy. Like we literally talked on the mat, like while he's holding me on my back, and I'm just looking at the crowd. He's <laughs> <laughs> like crazy, ain't he? I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then right after that, like literally, I hop off the mat. I'm now I hop off the mat, and then Brandon wrestles the kid from Amherst. And, uh, he, yeah. and he finally all Americans, you know, like, and so it just like, just like they say, like, it's a yin and a yang, bro. It's all about balance. Like everything, it's just weird how it happens. So like I, I get mine ripped away from me and he finally gets his first NCAA all American, which I've been knew he can do since we were freshmen, you know, it was a bittersweet moment. So like I had to go be there to cheer him on. But then right after I'm, I'm in the corner shedding tears because I, I realized that my national title is going after seeing my best friend advance to the Simmons, you know, like it's, it's weird. And so the next day I'm warming up and I'm just warming up just awful, just, just so terrible. So terrible to the fact that like I'm Connor Carwath is literally like Sam. I'm like, I'm about to slap you like, because acting so stupid. And so I, I said something smart to him. He slaps me, like literally slaps me right when I'm warming up. Best thing that could have ever happen. And so I win my second match. I win my first match that day. And then I get off the mat and Connor's like, all right, you got Kiner. And so, like I said, I'm vengeful. I'm literally like, there's been times I, I couldn't sleep at night. Just, I swear, just up summer night, can't sleep because I lost, I got pinned, I went out sad, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm the number one ranking this and that. And so, but it showed me my game, it showed me my weakness. So I worked on it all year, you know, because that's how that's how guys would slow me down. They would they would either get a wrist tie and slow me down, they go two on one. And because when they would go, when they would go up, when they would go underhook, I would go overhook and I had good overhook offense and I have great underhook offense. And so guys would always go two on one. And so I practiced that all year, all year, waiting on it. Like when Blake would say, all right, when it's not a structured practice, work on something, that's what I worked on. And so pretty much I'm preparing for this kid all year, like in a national, in a national title. That's, that, that's in my mind, but the luck of the draw, you don't get the national title. You wrestle them for the third place match. How could that be? How could that not be better for me? This was, this was meant to be, you know, like, I placed third because of him last year. Now he can place less because of me this year. This is this is what I wake up and I wrestle for, you know, like. And so, you know, just get out there, do my warm-up, listen to my music, get lit, hear the whistle blow, and just, just wrestle, you know. Like, the match wasn't going my way until the third period. Yeah. And so – and – I really, I really beat him just off. I think just for me, off pace and put him, putting guys in those chain wrestling situations to where I'm faster mm-hmm. and I can get, to the, get to the corner quicker. And just that was that. Like I just ended up winning the match. It felt good because I trained all year, and like I kind of treated that as my national title because he beat me last year. Yeah, but at the same time, it was just just going about going out there and winning, performing. 
And I talked to, to Kiner after, too. I literally just told him the, the same thing you guys told me. So, like, he helped me grow as an athlete and as a person. Because after we talked, I'm like, bro, how could I hate this guy for over a year? I don't even know him. This guy's <laughs> awesome. He's cool. <laughs> Right. So, it's great. It, you know, it's crazy how competitors think, though. Like, you, yeah, that's how you think. Like, you don't really know him, but yeah. it's just like, don't know. Him. And I talked to him, had a two minute conversation. Cool, dude. Like, and I just saw he got uh, he got hired as the woman's as, woman's wrestling coach at work. Yeah, the woman's, yeah. yeah, woman. She got the woman's job. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Brady Kiner. Good for him. Yes. Yeah, sure. girl, growing uh, woman's wrestling. I'm sure Warburg's not going to mind having a multiple all American in on their coaching staff. But, uh, but yeah, man, no, that's awesome. And you kind of, you kind of touched it. We have to talk about it. Another one of your big pre-match rituals is getting your <laughs> headphones on and, and as you said, quote, getting lit. So what, what are you bumping before the matches to get so fired up? Every year it's different. Like every year. It's, <laughs> so like last year I used to bump G Herbo a lot. I used to listen to a lot of G Herbo, chief key stuff like that but this year so like i make music i make music so like me and my me and my best friend who i'm actually out here with right now we make music together and like sometimes i would listen to our stuff sometimes i would listen to playboy cardi because we kind of got that sound and so like in my music i would say things that would get me hyped for a match you know like uh like I would say, like in one song, I say, I got everything to gain. I have nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? I have no So like that gets me, that gets me mentally prepared. Uh, they know I'm the best. Like it's just certain things I would drop in the songs that I would relate to wrestling because I already relate music to wrestling in my life. And it would just give me, give me hype for a match. And then like, I just love dancing. So like I, I dance when I'm warming up. It's just like, and then I go out there and perform in wrestling. So it's kind of like, all the performance to me it's all together you know like I feel like I wouldn't wrestle the same if I just paced I would like it wouldn't be the same it wouldn't be as electrifying to me it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that natural feeling that natural intensity that that you get you know yeah no I hear you there there's everyone any you know everyone has their pre-match stuff and that was definitely something that made you kind of famous and you know, and it, and it worked for you, man. I mean, everyone had, every competitor has kind of their, their ticks and what gets them folks and dialed in. So, uh, but are we talking like you have, you got a Spotify playlist? Like what, what's the deal? Oh, uh, no, I actually don't like, so I'm about to be a coach. And so just like, I just make music on the side for fun and everything. And who knows what music has down, down the line, you know, like, but first I got to handle what's in front of me to, to prepare for my future. So I'm just kind of trying to kind of just like wrestling. Like when you first start, you, you end up getting beat up 24 seven, you don't know what you're doing, but now I kind of get the flow of it. I understand what I need to do, how it needs to sound. So it's kind of like I'm perfecting it while I'm perfecting it while sitting on it, you know, like perfecting the sound. So if I do ever come out and like try to actually make music, I know, I know what it needs to sound like and how I need to um, present it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's cool, man. I mean, obviously, it's it's a great hobby to have. I mean, we we run this podcast to to kind of share your guys' stories and connect with more D three guys, which is awesome. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you, man. Keep it rolling. Who knows down the road what can happen? And. Um, I kind of want to leave with this. Obviously, you kind of touched on it a little bit during the podcast, but uh, 
you know, the relationship between you, Blake, and uh, Woody, all coming from the same high school. Eventually now, you know, you guys just wrap up your careers, both on the podium at NCAAs and, uh, you know, have a great year for, for the Cougar Wrestling Program. Um, so talk about that relationship and how it's helped kind of mold you guys and get Avert to where it is today. It's just – so – I'm gonna start off by saying we all lived we all lived within probably 10 minutes of each other back home. So we all had the same high school head coach, you know, like so whatever faults Blake probably had coming out of high school, we probably do that. He kind of kept that in the back of his mind. So we had the same training, same mentality. I worked for I worked for Blake's dad. His dad owns a lawn care business. I worked for Blake's dad. Uh what else? I've known Brandon since I wrestled with Blake's little brother. Like, no, we were on the same high school team. So it's kind of like a whole little, like, mini wrestling family. There used to be mats at Blake's uh, house, and we used to just go over times and just wrestle, you know, just like, just for fun. We had nothing to do that day. And so I think that kind of built it to where it's like, okay, we're family. We can say whatever we want to each other. Okay, you're messing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, feel, you feel what I'm saying, but, like, you're messing up. And those were the two guys who could say anything to, to me. And, I and like, I would take it to heart, but, like, I knew it was coming from a place of good gesture because they know, they know what the goal is, you know? So, like, before, before me and Brandon even stepped foot on campus, when we, when we first committed, we were like, bro, we really want to do something big. We really, we really want to... We really want to All-American. We really want to win these national titles. And so, and so we finally did it this year. You know, like this was the best year we don't had as a team and as individuals. And so we, we didn't get the ultimate goal, but we reached something together because we never won anything together, actually. We never won states together. We never All-American together. We never even won tournaments together. Like even throughout college, never. So it was like... Because one weekend he's on, one weekend I'm off. The weekend I'm off, he has a, a really good competitor in the finals, whatever whatever the case may be. And so I think I think Brandon not reaching the All-American status when, when I did kind of helped us propel to the next level because it wasn't at this point it's not about it's not about me anymore because I know what I can do I just got to keep performing and I just got to keep doing my thing and but now it's time to get Woody in the in in the blood round matches in the blood round matches it's time to get Woody to that to that level because we all know Woody can do it but why is Woody not doing it you know like so it would be conversations where me and Blake would literally talk about what he's doing, what we feel like Blake is doing wrong with Woody and how he should change it or what I should be doing with Woody and how I can help Woody as a friend and just off the mat, you know, just some things like that. So, but like I was saying, I feel like since Brandon didn't all American, it pushed us and it pushed the team also because you see, you see Brandon working hard and you see me working hard. Why, why aren't you guys working hard? Because we're, we're the most, we're the most, uh, credentials yeah credentials we have the most credentials in here so like and we're still not where we want to be so mm -hmm. if you 
the what what do you think makes you think can you can slack off so it kind of like all just tied in together all just worked together just like yin and yang man just having that balance yeah man no it, that's awesome stuff and did you guys finish exactly tied with wins no i got about one i got about uh, one uh, <laughs> yeah i got about one so in high school high school brandon was the man like Brandon, Brandon's just one of those kids that's athletic and good at everything. Like I, I, I swear, he can get a he can get a double double in basketball. He can go out there run a mile and beat you at wrestling, and then go put up 180 on a bowling lane. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> Brandon that naturally that naturally talented. So I think Brandon knew he was that naturally, but Brandon doesn't have a big head. But in his mind, he knew he's that naturally talented. So he never. He never worked out in the offseason. He never put a full offseason together until this this past year, to last year. Yeah, I and saw so, him. I saw him. I was in his corner at Poconos and he went yeah. and he went and he went off. He yeah. Went off. And so he never put a he never put it together. Even coming out of high school, like coming out of high school, he was a two-time state champ. I won state once. We used to always have an argument. He's better than me. No, I'm better than you. People like watching me more, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so like, and then but he just never put together off season because he he just like having fun in the summer. He like going to fish, going to make going to work, going to make some money, you know. And so, yeah, I got him by one. Like, and that's and that's what I'm trying to say. That's the overall thing I'm trying to say. I literally put in five five to six years of wrestling nonstop every single year, like going to tournaments, uh, training, going to camps working camps and I beat him by one match in college it took five years of work yeah I beat him by one match in college and like he he does one he does one uh off season (laughs) he he all American you know what what was the final win win total count then can you say one more time what was the what was the final tally what was how many ones you guys finished with 150 and 149 Oh, nice. Sweet. Yeah, like I got him by one. I'll hold that over his head forever. <laughs> oh, you better. You better. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff. Nah, man, it, it kind of it's, – it's cool to hear you kind of talk because you're already talking like a coach and you kind of seen like you were doing that through your college career. So um, it's uh, it's awesome to hear. Awesome to hear your mindset about everything. And um, last one here, we'll finish up with – you know, obviously you're part of Division Three wrestling for five years and hopefully for more years moving forward as a coach. But talk about Division Three wrestling a little bit. Obviously, it's a Division Three wrestling podcast. And, uh, you know, we like to talk about the great stories, the great athletes that are involved with it. But what was your experience with D3 wrestling? And, um, you know, how do you see it moving forward? Go D3. Just, nah, but I think for me, I, coming out of high school, I didn't have that D1 mentality to where, and it's, it's certain stipulations in D3 that work better in D1. Like, okay, if I miss a practice, I'm famous for being being one to two minutes ready for practice. Famous for it. Like, like tie my shoes as guys are jogging. And you miss a practice in D1, they pull, they pull your money quick. They're not playing. So, like, I think – and then D3, it's more – it's not – it's not it's run like a business, but it's not as, like – it's not as dispersonal as a business. I feel like D3, you can really connect with your athletes, connect with your teammates. And 
develop lifelong lifelong friendships and connections. And I'm not saying you can't do that D1. Obviously you do a D1, but just that small family atmosphere for me is just, just what I loved and what I needed, you know, just to feel close to home. Even when times are rough, I know I can crack, crack a corny joke and the guys are laughing and everything's all normal again. Um, but yeah, D3 definitely has some athletes that could really go D1. 100%. Jay Albus. I remember being a sophomore and Jay Albus teching that ruckus kid. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's definitely athletes and there's, I feel like there's athletes in probably every division that can go D1. It just depends on, it just depends on their situation. Their money might be tight and this might be the best fit for them. You know what I'm saying? They, they might not have the grades coming out of high school or whatever it might be, you know, like just, I just don't, it's just not a knock on like D. I just think D three in almost every sport is is probably the second best is probably the second best um division because you got way more schools than D two. So okay, you got way more schools. You got way more way more students than then you got way more fields of talent to where you got more pockets of talent. This and that. You know what I'm saying? It's just it just all goes on and so. I think D, like I said, I think D three is the second best behind D one. Behind those guys are just crazy, naturally talented. You know what I'm saying? There's levels to it, and that's okay. Yeah. And that, but uh, D three, don't sleep on it. Yeah. Heck, heck yeah, man. Heck yeah, man. And it, it's cool to hear other people say that. A lot of people have the same sentiment as you. You know, obviously D three gets a bad rap. It gets a bad stigma, but. Um, as you know, as we all know, it it is it is competitive and it is uh it is quite quite the tournament. When you get to the NCAA championships, you have the 18 best guys um in the nation going at it, competing for a national title, and um it's a sight to see, man. So we appreciate you taking time on your vacation to uh to ch- to chat about some wrestling and uh you know, we wish you the best of luck. You know, enjoy the rest of this vacation because I'll tell you what, you don't take too many vacations when you're a coach. You know, you got <laughs> you got plenty of athletes you got to worry about. Yeah. So, so enjoy That's that. Fast. Enjoy that rest now, man. For sure. I want to thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm I'm down to talk wrestling anytime, baby. You know what I'm uh, saying? Even on vacay, it don't matter. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Having me. Shout out D3 Wrestling. Uh, to anybody watching, thank you guys for supporting me over my five years. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the hate. Uh, Stay blessed.